today running in a brand new vehicle. Do you really need to run in your shiny new ute before you tow a trailer on a daily basis for work? I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au, the place where it's Jane. New car buyers save thousands off their brand new cars. Hit me up on the website for that. If I were a tradie, okay, my life would not have been a total waste, I suppose. That's something. And B, I might also be somewhat concerned about this. I'm looking at updating my current Ranger shortly to either a BT50 or another Ranger with the 3.2 powertrain and cannot get a definitive answer on whether I can, can't or shouldn't tow with a new vehicle till its first service. Reason I ask is I need to tow a tradesman trailer daily for work and no way around it. Gross combination mass currently stands at approximately 3,000 kilos which allows for tools etc. Other option is I buy an X-Demo with less than 5,000 kilometres but more than 2,000. Keep up the good work. Regards, Tony Barrack. Okay, so let's dive into that just a little bit. A Ranger XLT 4x4, for example. It's about 2,200 kilos empty. So it seems to me the total payload on discussion here of cargo in the ute plus trailer out the back is actually pretty light in the context of operational capability. If the gross combination mass of this particular vehicle out there on the road is typically three tonnes, then we're really only talking about 800 kilos for the trailer plus the cargo in the ute. And that's not nothing, but it's not overloaded either. It's not even getting close, okay? The gross combination mass limit on a Ranger generally is 6,000 kilos. So operationally, Tony here is totally below that. He's at like 50%. It's very conservative ute loading in this case. I think you'd agree. So I'd suggest when it comes to running in, it's a good idea to run any vehicle in progressively over the first 500 to 1,000 Ks, particularly if you want to keep it a long time. You gotta vary the speeds and the loads too, and definitely do not be too gentle, especially in the second half of the process. Don't trash the car, obviously, but don't be too, don't be too toft and too soft either. Get it right. We're shooting for Goldilocks, I'd suggest, in the domain of operational severity during the run-in. So, how about you do this, okay? You pick up your shiny new ute on a Friday afternoon or something, and you spend the next two and a half days, whatever, clocking up the Ks unencumbered by tradie trailer. You try to get between, you know, 500 and 1,000 Ks on the clock by the end of the weekend, and then on Monday morning at Sparrow's Fart, yes, you hook up the mighty tradie trailer, and you continue your fine concerto in power tool flat. Get that friggin' drop saw up and screaming at 7am in some properly posh neighbourhood. You don't have to be doing any work there. Just cut some shit up noisily. And then, once you are absolutely certain that you have awoken all of the local ladies who lunch at the shift workers, whatever, mission friggin' accomplished. Kick back for coffee. 7.15. Yes. Okay. On demonstrators. It's usually a false economy to buy a demonstrator, in my view. They're generally not cheap enough and there are several risks involved. And in any case, like how would you ever know 
they were run in? And were they run in? And if they were run in, how were they run in, right? Were they crashed while being thrashed in lieu of being run in? You'd have to be a mad Jedi to know, okay? And even then there's uncertainty. So at the moment with the zombie apocalypse in full swing amplifying the underlying prevailing commercial pressure which dealers have been under for two years now, you will get a cracking deal on a brand spanking ute with none of these concerns associated with it. So that's what I'd do. And I'd say... BT-50 is better value than Ranger every time, but it's also kind of like marrying the ugly sister. Now, I got this just the other day, upliftingly enough, a snapshot from a regular viewer named Jamie Fitzgerald, who runs a man-cave sex-up operation. It's all above board, though. It's called Garage Blitz, here in the knee of Sid. Gotta love Queensland. Oi, can't talk about make Australia less shit one number plate at a friggin' time. Oi, can't Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, can't, oi, can't, oi, can't. For all you Nissan marketing managers out there with your hyper woke preconceptions about buyer demographics. This is who you are actually selling your shitbox Navara to. You are looking directly into the psyche of the average shitbox Navara buyer right there, I'd suggest. And just remember, when you stare into the abyss, this is an opportunity for the abyss to have a good old look back at you also. I love this. And country, bad income. Now that I think about it, this is how we should kickstart the tourism sector once we box in the zombie virus. Detol Donnie is on the cusp of a cure, I hear. I can feel it in my water. With presidential strength, ultraviolet Detol. Great compassion and huge strength. I'm actually seeing Rebel Wilson as the ambassador here for Tourism Australia on the big screen in a skimpy bikini up the top end with a brand new slogan encapsulating our proud national identity. Oi, can't. <laughs> That's not funny. And then just crank the jib up, perhaps, just in time to see a saltwater crocodile turn a Eurotrash backpacker into an hors d'oeuvre at the edge of some idyllic billabong in Kakadu. Yes. And fade to black. Oi, can't visit Australia. A one-way ticket is all you'll ever need. And to Queensland vehicle registration geniuses, I'd suggest Frank Sinatra summed it up best. My view of you, when he opined prophetically, I get no kick in a plane, flying too high with some gal in the sky is my idea of nothing to do. But I get a kick out of you. Thank you so much, bureaucratic sand groper, rego dipshits. Well done.